Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Fratello Talks. I'm your host, Nacho. This week, I'm joined by my colleagues, Lex and, and RJ. Yes, and this week, we are going to be discussing the topic of watch prices. We're going to be asking ourselves the question, what's the deal with watch prices? Uh, and uh, yeah, before we do that, we're going to take a look at what's on the wrist. Uh, RJ, what's... What? <laughs> Talking about watch prices. What is that? What is that? What is that? <laughs> oh what's a kind classic? of Chinese replica are you wearing? <laughs> it's a Breguet Classique, reference 3357. Oh. It's a, a tourbillon. Mm. And... Um, it's based on the first tourbillon wristwatch that Breguet did in 1988. Was that with 3350 from Daniel Roth. Yeah. And nice. a few years later in the 90s, he came with this reference, 3357. It's, I think, only a few aesthetical changes. But um, yeah, lovely watch. It's a good looking watch. We won't mention the price on that nope. one, I don't think. It's Why not? not that. No, it's fine. It's just. If you what? have to ask, you can't <laughs> afford it. Exactly. What I like, it, it has that very old fashioned look. I like it. It's, uh, I mean, it's yellow gold and brown, brown strap. Yes. I would, I would change the strap. I think yeah, the strap, me too. Uh, NATO, like, right? like you did with yours, NATO? not NATO, oh. maybe NATO, maybe the right kind of NATO. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I would go with something a little bit uh, like what? I don't know, brown alligators, dark a bit. blue, or uh, yeah, dark blue would be dark nice. green, perhaps blue. with, uh, oh, with or a yellow suede. Gold. Dress it down a little bit. Ten sway. Can't dress it down. That. I'll put a tropic rubber on try. it later on. Tropic oh rubber. Yeah, we should do that. Actually, no, so I it's think water uh, resistant to thirty meters. We'll so. never get another brigade. Dark green, do uh, dark green lizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh. I'll do that. That's exactly. Nice. They do have lizards in Paris, right? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But what's on your wrist, Lex? Oh, tell us about it. It's my uh, Omega uh, Speedmaster replica relaunch um, from, this one is from 2001. Okay. They started making it in 1999. Very nice. So, yeah. Very, and very I put nice. it on a, uh, uh, recently, or yesterday, I put it on this dark brown Fratello perforated strap. And I actually think it looks, it looks nice. the bomb. Very nice. That's by uh, uh, done by Atelier Roman for uh, yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, also a French uh, French yeah. uh, uh, manufacturer of straps, and it's, uh, it's yeah, I agree, it's, it's really good. Big with goat, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Big on the it's outside, goat, goat on, on the inside. inside. Oh, yeah. and that's how I like it. It's like a little bit yeah. like me. <laughs> before we get nasty, before we get nasty comments, the watches from uh, oh. was introduced in ninety seven in the box. Oh, 97, of course, not with the, with the, the white box with the twenty three Speedmasters. Yeah. yeah, and then oh, one year later, yeah. ninety eight, they sold it separately. Yeah, till two thousand and three. Yeah. yeah, very nice. And there's also a limited edition in gold. A limited, limited run. yes, hundred and fifty pieces. Yeah, and uh, Mark Knopfler from Diestrates has one. Yeah. Yeah. Sultan of Swing. Fun yes. fact. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm wearing my Seamaster reference 2254.50. Ah, so you never wear uh, that. That's, it's been a while, actually. I've been uh, I've been trying to not uh, spam it as much as uh, as I did last year. Look so, at uh, that fashionable, matchy, matchy. Oh, it's a bit of a yeah. You know, it's uh, when when you go, you better go all in. So that's uh, yeah. Mm, that's our green shoes. No, not okay, green shoes. No, 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 no. no. But uh, okay, but, but so so yeah. moving on then from oh. the wrist check into oh. the topic of today's podcast, um, watch prices. Yeah, it's a hot topic of discussion. <laughs> I believe we we often get a lot of comments about it. We often even in articles where um, some of our editors, uh, yeah. such as uh, Thomas, uh, put uh, a lot of care into um, sort of going into the topic carefully and with uh, with uh, with a little bit of finesse mm. um people still get angry about it yeah um and and you know i think that there's a lot to be discussed here but rj what's your take on 
watch prices, where they are today, and why people have these sort of adverse reactions? Um, I think it's not that difficult to explain. Um, a oh. good example is uh, Piaget. I just came back uh, from uh, uh, Piaget and the introduction mm -hmm. of the uh, new Polo 79, mm -hmm. which has a list price of 81,500 euro. And, um, with tax. A lot with tax, yeah, <laughs> luckily. Um, a lot of people like to watch. We got good comments on the looks of the watch. I think mm -hmm. many people were uh, waiting for a proper polo to be reintroduced. Um, at least it was also always my question when I was visiting uh, Piaget during Watches and Wonders and SIHH. And I always asked, when does the real polo comes back with the engraved lines, right. the gadroons, as they call it? Um, and now they did, and the price is uh, very high. And that's also... Uh, the comments, people love the watch, but the price. Hmm. But I feel that this watch is um, for those who have either have their watches or are a Piaget fan, and they just don't care. Hmm. They just point out the watch and they will buy it. And that's, I think, the bubble where we live in, in the watch community, basically. <clears throat> price is very important. The price mm -hmm. needs mm -hmm. to have some kind of relationship with, with the, the product. product yeah. for sure. But for a lot of people that don't have to look at the price because they, they are well off. They don't care. It's not a topic. It's not a subject for them. They just they just point out the watch that they want, and that's it. And especially with these types of watches, because I also saw a comment that, oh, for this type of money, you can get a day date in, in yellow gold in 40 millimeters, and you get an mm. extra complication on top. But I think <laughs> complication, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, that's really what this... Yeah. But I think the people who buy that Piaget yeah. or the day date in, in yellow gold in 40 millimeters, they buy both. Mm. They don't care. It's just they, they want that watch and and that's it. I also wonder if they see the day-date indication as a complication. They just see it as something that is there on the dial, a, a, exactly. period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I feel that, yeah. uh, so that's one thing. As I think the audience for that watch, but also the audience for the Fascheron 222, the, the Royal Oaks in gold or in steel, those, those buyers or clients are often not very much bothered by the price tag. I was at an event and I spoke to someone who was not in the watch industry, but a guy well off. He asked, and it was just after the introduction of the 222. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, what's the price of the 222? Right. And from the top of my head, I said, I said oh, 73K. Something like that. And he said, 370? Oh, that's okay. 370? Yes. So I said, no, no, it's 73. <laughs> oh. So that's, but that's the right. mindset. Right. They don't care. He was also drunk? No. At no. that at that point, not yet. But <laughs> no, but I, I, I feel it's it's yeah. a it's not a not a subject for I think for for the for the clientele. Yeah. But I get it for watch people and and watch enthusiasts like us. It's a topic because there needs to be some connection. Yeah. And perhaps in the past there was. I see that old catalog there. Mm -hmm. um, but today I think there's not really a connection anymore between the the cost price of a watch and the retail price. It's a luxury mm -hmm. product. Yeah. That's the big difference. Yeah. I think it, it went from a from a tool uh, that could be used by people, and and by a necessity uh, because there was no other way to truly keep time in in those days. Now everybody has a phone in their pocket, and so now it it has shifted into a different category of. But it product. even shifted into, in my opinion, it even shifted into a new uh, state. Yeah. Even uh, I mean, after uh, after the quartz crisis, it's it's an emotional product. Sure. Uh, traditional values, artisanal craftsmanship, blah yeah. blah blah. This and this and this. Now I have the idea that 
for a large audience, that aspect is no longer uh, needed or valued. Mm. They are way more into the, um, it looks luxurious, mm. I've seen it online, um, it re represents a certain lifestyle, um, right. I have money to spend, I will just buy it. I'm very, very. I, I, I wonder if uh, a large, or it's not a large group, because they're they're going to make seventy nine of these uh, polos. At least at first, they make seventy nine. Yes. But I wonder how many of those seventy nine, because it's probably going to sell out. Yeah, hmm. within minutes. Yeah. I yeah. think when it becomes available. Um, I, I wonder how many people of that seventy nine actually know about the, the history of the watch, care about the the history of the watch. And just uh, recognize it as something that is en vogue nowadays mm. because it is uh, it is sporty, it's gold, it is kind of uh, integrated. So it also vaguely looks like uh, a Nautilus and a, mm. and a Royal Oak and what have you. So it is also just an object that kind mm. of fits the fashion of today. Sure. And um, if you can afford it, hey, the looks are cool. Yeah. You go for it. <clears throat> it's also a little bit provocative, I guess, because that was also the case with the Royal Oak in 72. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't know, 10 times as expensive as a Rolex yeah. Submariner. And it was also a steel watch. And it was even and promoted it was, like that. It, yeah, it was like a, a, a sales pitch, basically. Yeah. That yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. expensive. And so I asked uh, Piaget, uh, the CEO, if that was also their case, that mm. they made it made it 81K just to mm. be a, bit, a little bit provocative to get. And he said, no, no, it's um, the construction of the watch is really expensive. And he was talking about it. But I guess the production of the watch is expensive. But then there's still a disconnect, of course, between yeah. the, the cost of the product and let's say also on top all the costs of the marketing, yada, 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 and so on. Mm. And the retail price, there's no connection anymore. No, th there, there is no And that connection. is fine. No. Yeah. But still the brand needs to um, create a product that is of the highest possible quality. Yes. Because if they don't do it, um, they will get burned anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there was a, I think that's not really the discussion. The only discussion with that watch is the, the I think, the, the balance wheel. That it was oh, yeah. Eta Cron. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in an in-house in movement. But that's but that's a that's a perfect example of how two worlds are now so far apart. The 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 world in which the watch fan uh, lives, who still believes that uh, this uh, Speedmaster uh, is worth uh, three thousand nine hundred fifty uh, Deutschmark. Yeah. Um. And 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 a world where people have money to spend yeah. on luxury items whether it's bags mm. shoes two worlds uh, collide yeah and, and <clears throat> yeah I, that's a world and and hey i looked at the movement and i saw the micro rotor and they probably made it's an in-house movement yeah. right they make it make it in, the, in the la cote Fay, i think it's, it's a beautiful and it's, movement and it's a beautiful mm. movement and None of the seventy-nine buyers are going to. They uh, will not be bothered. No, by will that not fact. be bothered by the, the, I, no, the ETA so. uh, balance wheel. I don't but think that so. is a very yeah. typical watch nerd yeah. kind of approach, which is hey, which is great. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, it's fine. It's, I, I mean, I also have to look at, at at prices of watches, and for me, it's very important that there's some kind of that oh. it, it needs to make yeah. sense. Yeah. But it, for me, it needs to make sense for me, for sure. Yeah, if yeah. I can explain to myself that a watch is 20K because it's super nice, 
but perhaps <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. a 10k watch, yeah. and, and that's it. It was an interesting comment that 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 actually I think it was Morgan who brought it up yesterday in the office, and he said, well, looking at the price of the the Polo and looking at a price of a full gold Speedmaster, he said, well, the Speedmaster is is as much gold if not more, and the, to him it's a more appealing watch, and 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 price wise, it's we're talking half. Yeah. So, no, but the gold still, price has nothing to do with no, it. No, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> because That's the thing. You can't <laughs> kid yourself. It's also that. kind of interesting. Yeah. The, yeah. So, the gold yeah. price has nothing to do with yeah. the price of but the gold. But with the Speedmaster, you're still getting a great movement. You're still getting a great watch, a great bracelet, yeah, but, yeah. And, and, and a whole the, lot of gold. No, yeah. but, but also there, but yeah. the, the Speedmaster in gold's now, I don't know, 45K. Yeah. And when it was introduced, it was the one that I have was 32K. Yeah. It's yeah. the same watch. It was a tool watch back then. Yeah, but it's basically <laughs> yeah. it's five years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. That, that also you also buy into an, uh, something exclusive, and mm. I think that's the price tag of of, of gold. Course. And of course, the gold price is super high today. Yeah, but still, no, but it was always the case that the gold version of a steel watch was like I don't know three times, four times, yeah. five times the price for sure. And it, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, it's, but it, it buys you exclusive. also an entrance ticket to uh, to the next level. That's that's also exactly. what it is. Yeah. It's a, it's an it, you 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 get into yeah. another group of people. But how about if we? Because that's a, that's a good example of high end, right? So what it, what about when we look at, uh, for example, we were we were looking at these yeah. catalogs and we were looking at prices of watches like your uh, Speedmaster mm-hmm. or my Seamaster, oh, for I, example. Which yeah, sorry. Yeah, I have one more thing to yeah, say. Yeah, sure, about sure, this. sure, sure. Oh, of course, just it popped in my mind is that people don't have this price issue, for example, with the Nautilus. The Nautilus, hmm. well, that's a bad example because it's not really, uh, I think, for sale anymore. They Pulled them from yeah, the website. Yeah, the 58, uh, no, 11, let's say the, the, the white gold. The 16202. Okay. Mm. It's 30 something K, 37, 38 K, I don't yeah. know. 35. People yeah. don't complain as much about that. Mm. And that price is already ridiculous because when I bought that watch, the 15202, when I bought it, the retail price was 14 K in 2009 or something. Right. And a few years later, it was like 25 K for exactly the same watch. Mm. And now it's 37K for a slightly different watch, but more or less the same watch. And people don't complain because the watch on the market is much more expensive. Yeah, You have yeah. to pay, I don't know, 50 or 60K for that watch on the market. Yeah. And I feel that 80K for the Piaget, oh, it's so expensive and it is ridiculous. And I get that. But it's also because they say, oh, if I wait a few years, I might be able to pick it up for 40 or 50K on the pre-owned market. Sure. Unless they keep it very limited and then they will, if you see one on the pre-owned market, which will be quite unlikely with 79 of them. Yeah. Um, because how come the, they will be way higher than retail? Yeah, the Piaget is ridiculous at 80K, but uh, the Royal Oak at 37 or I don't know, 30 something case. Okay. And that's a steel watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's also the, the uh, that's also, of course, the gray market influence. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Coming, uh, definitely. And and it applies also to, like we were saying, the the the, the sort of, not, not low end, but, you know, like to, to, to more uh, uh, accessible watches uh, such as a, a Seamaster or a Speedmaster. But I still have one more point here to make on the uh, right. on the Polo <laughs> Go as ahead. well. Go but ahead. Because I was also, uh, I was also thinking, we were kind of touching up upon the subject. When I saw the, um, the re-edition of the Polo, what I see is also something incredibly lazy, because when you look at uh, from a from a watch journalist perspective, you want a company to 
to mm. put out uh, models that are innovative, that are evolutionary, etc., etc., and, and do something. Okay, they kind of uh, uh, didn't succeed with the previous uh, iteration of, yeah. the, of the Polo because that is just a, a bit of an emperor. Yeah, Emperor but it also looks a, a lot like uh, some some other stuff that is made yeah. in that uh, same uh, same area. Aquanautisch. Yeah, ambitious <laughs> yeah. aquanautisch. Um, so you also kind of want a brand like Piaget, which is known for its creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at their ultra plots. Uh, they 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 they, 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 they yeah they yeah. they they they've they, they done some great great uh, designs, and now they return to this. Yeah. It's, it's it's a blatant 1980s watch. So I see it, and uh, as you said, it was executed brilliantly. And yeah. hey, that's what they do. They have the they have the skills. No, so yeah, they had the vintage ones at the event yeah. from the 1979 and the 80s. Probably compa- compared yeah. to the new ones. And then ones. the new one has yeah. a huge difference yeah. in in feel. Yeah. So that's nice. But at the same time, I also kind of feel a sort of disappointment in oh my god, that really that's just another another brand that. That that, that that sees no other opportunity than to put out something that I, is so retro. I, I agree, but if you look at... So I agree the with same you. Same with the 222, no, 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 to no, be, I, to I be agree honest. With yeah, 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 exactly. But if yeah. you look at the top 10 best-selling watches on Chrono24, for example, mm-hmm. it's all classics. Yeah, so that's yeah, what yeah, the people yeah. want. Yeah, apparently. yeah, no, oh, it's it's de- hey, yeah. it's definitely yeah. uh, what the people yeah. want. But if you if you look at the evolution of the of the watch industry itself, it's it's a bit of a shame that we just yeah. can't seem to move I have to, forward. But I also have to say I'm also like that because I like my classics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think it's also you wear a, a, a wristwatch. You don't have to wear a wristwatch, so you wear a wristwatch because of some nostalgic reasons. So it's nice to have a watch from the 50s or the 60s. And if you want to have Mm. a modern one, it's nice that it looks timeless. It looks 50s and 60s, but we say, oh, it's timeless or 70s even these days. yeah, it's, I think it's a nostalgic feeling that you're yeah, buying yeah, into. Yeah, of course. Hey, yeah. they've they, they've clearly uh, listened to the market and analyzed because the market. Because they're modern, 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 modern watches. Look yeah. at Linda Verdelin, for example. They made very modern-looking watches yeah. like 10, 12 years ago. but Which at that time yeah. kind of worked. But now yeah. we're in a different uh, yeah. mindset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, Same for Hublot, of course. They modernized the look of the Royal Oak, or yeah. The, 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 yeah, the Royal Oak, basically, yeah. Yeah, the Oxford, with yeah. their Big Bang. And I think it's uh, at that time people were also a little bit complaining. Yeah. Um, but it was a... It was a and even Hublot, of course, did uh, uh, recognize the, uh, the, the, the retro uh, hype by uh, going for the classic fusion, which yeah, is also yeah. kind of retro. Sure. Of the MDM. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, it's a definitely. 1980s uh, retro, but still. Anyway, going back to prices. Going back to prices, that's also the interesting thing, is you can look at a product, how it was, right? Pre-owned yeah. price today. Mm-hmm. Price in the catalog back in the day, yeah. and then you can look at its modern equivalent yeah. in the current brand's catalog, yeah. right? So, for example, this was how much you said it in uh, Deutsche Mark before. This but is then. in uh, it was uh, on the uh, on leather. It was uh, thir- uh, three seven five zero, so uh, thirty seven hundred and fifty uh, Deutsche, Deutsche Mark. So you have to divide by exactly two for euros back then. At yeah. the conversion. Yeah. Okay. So uh, and you're uh, you're a mathematical uh, yeah. So, uh, Okay. I checked the price for, for, for the two two five four. It was around uh yeah, fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Um so uh that was that was obviously yeah. uh you know back then you look at those prices today and, and you think, well that's yeah. that's but I think you have pretty to, good. I think the easiest way to have a look at it is uh, what was the like the average salary back in 
that yeah. because we're talking 20 years ago. Sure. And I what's the average have, yeah, salary? I had a salary then. Average, yeah, exactly. <laughs> average salary today. So you yeah. can get a bit of a of a feel. Yeah. yeah. I think Gerard did a really nice write up on the website. Yeah, for yeah. sure. About prices back then, then. Look and, and, and yeah. now. So there's inflation uh, in, in yeah. uh, included and so mm-hmm. on and so mm-hmm. on. But for me, what is also important, the quality of the watches changed tremendously for from sure. 20 years ago to now. Not with a Speedmaster Professional, because I they kept it as is, but that's the exception. I think hmm. this is kind of amazing that it's that old, that this is a uh, hmm. what is it, 23-year-old yeah. Uh, watch yeah. by now. It's, yeah. It doesn't feel no. like a 23-year-old yeah. watch. No. Not at all. No, no, no. And of course, if you... Get the uh, yeah. the, the modern uh, Speedmaster Professional also with the also with the yeah, so with only the three years ago they, they updated yeah, the movement, the, the case yeah. design, and, and it, so on and so on. And it's yeah. better, of course, yeah. it's better. But yeah. my God, I think it's, this is a better example. Your yeah, 300M so yeah. with yeah. the 300M, there's a lot of improvement, yes. right? It's it's oh. you get then the the oh. ceramic, uh, yeah. you get the the coaxial movement. Um, it, it's a lot more. Yeah. This is a, an Eta Eta movement, so it's still a great watch. But I think that the the modern one, of course, offers quite a lot. But then you have to kind of look at the at the description discrepancy between uh, I bought this for around 3000 and I think the current price for a Seamaster on steel is six and a half, six and a half think, yeah. something like six, that six yeah. uh, six four six six yeah, something, um, like something like that and and so then you have to you have to say well is that is all that innovation um, and of course it's it's a new watch um, is it worth that sort of paying double for and and it's an interesting thing right because it's it's people yeah. sort of who have been into watches long enough reference a certain timeline and and have certain prices in their mind and yep. then they look at the prices today and they kind of there's this sort of you can't quite grapple with the fact that oh my god the Seamaster costs but this I think, much um, regardless Omega is a of the good example because they they turned into a luxury brand sure or they want to turn a luxury let's say they they turned into a luxury brand hmm. and that also comes with a like premium price tag justified yeah. or not eh? hmm. I mean that's a different hmm. discussion hmm. but the, their positioning also changed. Yeah, they yeah definitely. Yeah. Now, what what I what I like about Omega, or at least I uh, yeah, um, they have this constant uh, innovation of mm. uh, movements and constant innovation of uh, uh, of materials. So at least with the uh, um, some the the, the coax shell, the Meta certificate. You, you, mm-hmm. It, they're really, really doing uh, something. Yeah. So yeah. The, they, uh, they, they, I, the, what I like about Omega is that at heart they're still a, a watch brand. Yeah. I sometimes question their luxury designs, yeah. but that's also the charm of Omega is that that that, that deep down it's a, it's a, it's a nerdy watch brand, right. <laughs> which right. is which is kind of uh, which is kind yeah. of cool. So <clears throat> and talking about nerdy watch brands, another good example is like Sin. Oh yeah, yeah. From, uh, yeah, from Frankfurt in Germany. That um, they used to be like very much of a spec-driven yeah. watch. Yeah, you got mm. these and these and these mm. specifications. This is the price, and that's it. There was hardly any luxury feel to it. It was just a lot of bang for the buck. Yeah, yeah. But they also like doubled their prices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've started dabbling with sort of dials uh, with uh, yeah. special finishing and and this bronze gold material and, 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 and things and like still, this. And so. still, I think we are of the opinion. That they offer a lot of watch for the price tag still today. Yeah. Sure. So if you are yeah, looking for, and I think there's a there's a big audience out there also on Fratello, but also on like a watch audience that mm. they really want the most for their money. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. 
I think those people will turn away a little bit more from luxury brands and For go sure. to brands like yeah. like Sin and Do you do you think that that, that that audience is going the way of the dodo or is that an audience that will always be there the, yeah, the will always spec be there. driven watch always be fans there. I think but the brands will turn away like Grand Seiko used to be a lot of bang for the buck. Yeah. Mm. And mm. I think it still is. But we also saw that they they improved their movements so now they have the 9R and 9 mm -hmm. uh, what mm -hmm. is it 9A movements and they are now approaching 10k some of the models. Yeah, definitely. In the past you could buy for 5k. Five, yeah. You had the, the Snowflake for example, mm. the, the yeah. Grand Seiko. And there was a lot of bang for the buck and now they doubled the prices and the the, the changes is, is the movement basically. And that's yeah. so. I think they 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 will lose perhaps that audience that is really spec driven. Yeah, but then there is a plethora of other brands out there that uh, supply is, in that. Is the difference between a watch that offers you the sort of value uh, for for uh, for what you pay, like Sin or or uh, I suppose Oris had that reputation. Fortis, um, Fortis, <coughs> uh, yeah, brands like this. Uh, even Omega potentially mm -hmm. back in the day uh, and Rolex at some point, perhaps. I mean, well, I think we've come to, to the point with all the prices yeah. that I feel if you can get a Rolex for retail price, yeah. it's yeah. actually yeah. quite good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not a, yeah. But is the is the, is the the difference between a brand like that and a, and a luxury brand just the fact that at some point the price stops making sense to the people who are trying yeah. to justify the price in terms of what you get out of it? Yeah, is that? Yeah. Do you think that that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. like sort of de facto sort of differentiate differentiate differentiating factor? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good good one. So yeah. you could yeah, and then you have uh, watch brands that charge luxury prices, mm -hmm. but then their image is not up to the the Luxu right luxury yeah. level, yeah. and then right. it becomes uh, yeah. a difficult. I really really like Auras, right. Yeah. But I also kind of fear a little bit for Oris <coughs> because their prices are uh, reaching luxury levels. Mm. But is Oris luxury? So you could, you could, of course, say, of course, it yeah, is yeah. a luxury if you if you can afford a, if you buy a mechanical watch and everything. Yeah. But to modern standards, modern luxury standards, if you see what people consider luxury now, if you if you look at the the, the, the prices for fragrances, for sunglasses, look at those luxury items. Yeah. The prices of those for a, like a, a, a pair of designer jeans. Mm. Mm. Whoa. You, the Dior Onderbroek. Is a, is a, <laughs> Dior Underpants. 1100. Yeah, 1100 euros. I mean, yeah. And tr that's half an Oris. And fountain pens, I, I collect them. Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. yeah. It's, um, they doubled their, like Mont Blanc, the, yeah. the prices have been, are doubled. And also collectors now, some collectors refer to them as writing instruments. And I think that's mm. exactly where it goes mm. wrong. Mm. It's a pen. Yeah. And as, yeah, as soon as you start calling writing instruments, you add this luxury kind of or, layer to yeah, it. You, or, yeah, you also fell into the marketing. Uh, exactly, uh, but there's certain there's certain items like this, right? Like a Dupont lighter or something like this, where you where you it, it used to be a tool. It was a tool. Oh, that Dupont lighter was always expensive. Well, yeah, but but yeah. you know what I mean. A pair of yeah. Ray Bans uh, at one point was something you could buy at a gas station, right? Like way way back in the day, and 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 it's now sort of it's it's for it's, me. It's also the the the, the ratio because. 
I like Santoni shoes. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I, right. I, I'm not wearing them today, but um, I love them. If I buy a normal pair of dress shoes, it's, it's that brand. I'm very loyal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not loyal. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I think they now, I don't know, six, 700 euros for a pair, which is a ridiculous amount. But Santoni also makes straps. And a Santoni mm. strap is what? Three, 400 euros? Yeah, that's <laughs> and then compared to the pair of shoes, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you get a whole shoe yeah. for... for yeah. It's like it's a monk <laughs> strap. You have already half of the strap there on your yeah. shoe. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. No, but, it, but I think shoes are actually a very good example because I'm more a churches uh, mm-hmm. guy. Mm. But uh, I've uh, I was at a churches boutique the other day, and uh, I have said farewell to churches yeah. because it doesn't I, make no. any sense. Right. I have these right. shoes that I okay, I found them after a long search for a discount. It was mm-hmm. a three fifty, three hundred fifty euros. The same shoes yeah. are in the store are approaching a thousand. Ex- but this right. is a, and this is a. And this is also what you kind of see in the watch industry. Yeah, so this yeah. is also, I think, a key because point. Because the watch industry follows uh, the fashion industry. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. that's, I think this is a key point because that should be the concern of many brands. Mm-hmm. When yeah. is our audience, the, so the, the, the watch mm-hmm. buyers, when is our audience disconnecting from our watch brand? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a tricky one yeah. because good, at some point yeah. there's a break-off. And like with Oris, is a good example. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um in the perception of people, Oris is that brand around 2K, let's say 2.5K. Sure, yeah. yeah. And now it's 4K or a bit more for yeah. The, yeah. the Kermit or wh- yeah. whatever. And in the perception of people, they say, even if the quality of the watch is there, yeah. in the perception, yeah, exactly. it's not a 4.5K brand. Yeah. And, and then, then they, they step to, yeah. I don't know, Tudor or mm-hmm. another brand. And that brings me back to Piaget. The good thing <clears throat> with Piaget is they were always catering to the jet set. They were exactly. always yeah. high-end. There was a time when there were no steel Piaget watches in the catalog. Yeah. Hmm. So they because were, that first Polo was $20,000, which mm-hmm. translates into... 70,000 70, yeah. yeah. today. Yeah. So, so the question with very is also uh, like like this, Where when do you reach the, the point where you've just gone too far? And also, can every single watch brand eventually aspire to become luxury? Can Sin ever be luxury? Can Oris truly ever be luxury? Or is that baggage, that history that's there I think then too then, much? I think or then is it just generations, a question of time? Generations. Generations, because the yeah. brand name is then the issue, because that will right. stick to people. Like, oh, that's a, like a tool watch, or that's, right. a, yeah. I don't know, a 2,000 right. euro watch. Okay. And then you change it to a 4 or 5K watch, and it doesn't yeah. compute yeah. with people. Yeah. But it, it's, it's of course, easier that if you start a, a watch brand, that you start at a certain high level, and then uh, then just do everything you can to reach uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the stratosphere as soon as you can, and be very successful with it. Richard Mill has done it, yeah. But of course, they Fair. were never they yeah. were never affordable. They were always kind of ridiculous, yeah. and now they're in the ultra ridiculous yeah. uh, regions. Beaver uh, be watches. Beaver watches. They started yeah. off uh, strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That was uh, surprising. Never heard. It. Yeah, there was a, a one-off now. Uh, yeah, the one-off but, recently came out. But it no, kind but it's, of died down. The whole uh, it didn't get a very. Uh, Positive uh, reception. It, it was a and quick then start, and now it's moving uh, kind of slowly. But uh, mm. yeah. no, but it's an interesting mm. discussion with uh, with prices, and 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 obviously it's a bit of a pain point for a lot of people because actually, yes. the Bever watch during it was it, was it last year? It was last year, right? It was last year, just before watches. Because I was standing uh, in line to get into Watches and Wonders, and I spoke to one of the suppliers. I'm not going to tell you uh, what part careful, he supplied careful, to the watch, and he said that price was ridiculous. 
Okay. Because (laughs) (laughs) and he made good money uh, on supplying uh, some stuff, and he said that price doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think they just make prices up some brands, and that's fine. That's their right, but. But I think the yeah, pain point, especially the the pain point, especially with our audience, is when you're used to something, you reference something at a certain price point, and then it starts going up, and suddenly you might have a Speedmaster already, and you might say, "Well, I bought my Speedmaster for this much," and then it might be then a hard to swallow pill to yeah. look at it for yeah, the but current I think, price. And I think, think in the end, it's a problem or not for the brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as yeah. people will stop buying their watches, be it Omega, be it Oris, be it yeah. Piaget. That's the backfire. Yeah. yeah. And then they will know, oh, we, we, we've gone tr- too far. And then yeah. I think it's a matter of how can we solve this? Yeah, and that's a Maurice problem. Maurice Lacroix kind, of, uh, kind is... of had to deal with that. Yeah. Mm. Because that, and that's of course uh, from, uh, from, uh, from way back when uh, everybody, uh, that was with the whole- uh, Watch with the e- square wheel. <laughs> yeah, there was the yeah. whole thing where Ita is not going to supply yeah. us anymore. Yeah. And then oh, right, uh, all the little yeah. brands yeah. were scrambling to yeah. uh, make well, uh, manufacture uh, uh, movements. Yeah. And then they just went yeah. up and up and up and up and up in price, and then yeah. it uh, and then it yeah. didn't and it, it's work. a bit of and, now and I think luxury brands, watch brands, they don't get away with it if they lower their prices again for the same watches. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I, I yeah, guess that, that today is, Tesla owners are not 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 happy. Yeah, true. That, that happens with Tesla. Weird, right? Yeah. 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 On the other hand, often these cars are brought by the companies or leased cars, so yeah. they can't be bothered. But yeah. I think for yeah. It's it's a thing you rarely see it. It oh, rarely works out uh, that, well. But uh, yeah, it, it would be a nice uh, change of pace in twenty twenty five. We have price decreases. But could yeah. that be Rolex could, decreases its prices could, by seven percent? Could that then be a tactic to then start offering discounts again in boutiques and, and ads and that kind of thing? That is that is discount returns and that's kind of factory discount already. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. kind of the yeah. Well, it's a it's a tricky well, subject not, and discount perhaps, is not luxury. Uh, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but that's it's, a, it's that's a, tr- a very very good point. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> a, it's a tricky topic, right? It's it's a very multifaceted thing, and perhaps one to revisit in a in a in a future episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today we can wrap things up. We can oh. look at our comment of the week from last week, which comes from. Did I win? Did uh, I win? It's not from you, Lex. No, you can keep commenting though. Maybe maybe one <laughs> week it'll be it'll be your comment that we pick. But it's from J M uh, Vinagre. But I don't know. I think that's in Spanish. It means vinegar in Spanish. So. Oh. Oh, you know, uh, but uh, but he says uh, about our episode on servicing watches. He oh. says that's the hidden cost to collecting that is often overlooked. It's not just about hoarding timepieces. Do right by them, service them at regular intervals, and they'll outlive you. Mm. Which is not necessarily what we advised. We advised kind of roll with the punches and 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 service them when you need to. But it's true that it's uh, no, but it this is, is a wise uh, man, something yeah. worth true considering, and uh, and uh, and good words. So yeah, yeah what did he fantastic. win? Uh, oh, no, the honorable no, mention. The honorable mention, of course. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me for this discussion, and thank you to our listeners and watchers for tuning in. Uh, as always, uh, like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment, and of course, tune in next week for another episode of Fertello Talks. See you then.